Um, let me begin with the Gemara in um, two Gemaras, which appear to be contradictory, but I think that underscore two perspectives um, on our topic. The Gemara in Masechet Kiddushin, Andaf Lamed Gimel Amadeis, toward the end of the first parak, the Gemara raises uh, an interesting question. The Gemara wants to know um, whether or not one should stand up um, in the presence of a Sefer Torah um, or not. And in the context of that question, the Gemara draws an interesting, um, an interesting Kabbalah there. Gemara says, let's see if I can find it here, that um, um, the Gemara wants to know, do you stand up in the presence of a, of a Sefer Torah um, or not? The Gemara says, um, if you stand up in the presence of a, of a Talmud Chacham, then certainly you will stand up in the presence of a Sefer Torah. In the presence of a Sefer Torah, do we stand? We all know the answer because we all stand whenever they take the Sefer Torah out of the Aron Kodesh. What is the basis for that? Rab Chilkev, Rab Simon, Rab Lazar, Omri, Kalvachomer. Mipnei lomdeha omdim mipaneha lekal shekein. If we stand in the presence of a Talmud Chacham who studies Torah, then if obviously we encounter the Torah which is the source of his knowledge and therefore of his stature, it's obvious that we would have to stand. Then, however, the Gemara goes on to tell us an interesting little story. Rabbi Loi, Rabbi Yaakov, Barzavdi, Haviyasvi, Rabbi Loi, and Rabbi Yaakov, Barzavdi were sitting and they were learning, they were discussing some topic. Chala, Viazil, Rabbi Shimon, Barabba. And Rabbi Shimon, Barabba passed in their presence. The Komu Mikane, and they stood up when they saw him. Omalahu, being very modest, so he turned to them and he said, Chada da'atun chachimi. Number one, you shouldn't be standing up for me because you're greater Tamidah Chachamim than I am. Since you're studying Torah, you're involved in the content and the substance of Torah, is it proper for you to be standing in the presence of someone who simply is a Talmud um, of the Torah? In other words, the study of Torah takes precedence over Talmud Chacham. The Gemara says, "Savalak Rabblazar, Dom Rabblazar, ain't Talmud Chacham Rashi Lamod Mipnei Rabbo B'Shash Osek B'Torah." This is in accordance with the position of Rabbi Eliezer, who says that if two people are involved in the study of Torah, it's not necessary for them to to rise in the presence of a Talmud Chacham. However, the Gemara concludes very pointedly that Layit Allah Abaya, Abaya very sharply disparaged this view. In other words, Abaya concluded emphatically, we might say that Abaya's Das Torah clearly was, that in the presence of the Talmud Chacham, even those who are studying Torah should stand. Either way, this Gemara presents us with an interesting perspective. If we were to have this Gemara and only this Gemara, we would certainly come to the conclusion that while we treat Tamir Chachamim with great respect and reverence, and while we project their stature very centrally, at the same time, there are limits. After all, from this Gemara it would appear that it's the Sefer Torah, and there's a secondary discussion regarding the discussion of Torah, the substance of Torah, may rival the Talmud Chacham. It sounds like the Sefer Torah not only rivals, but surpasses the stature of the Talmud Chacham. How do we know we stand for a Sefer Torah? Because if we stand for a Talmud Chacham who simply learns and embodies Torah, then certainly for the Heftashal Torah itself, we would 
would be obligated to stand. That's what the Gemara says in Masachat Kedusha. This is for a minute. However, there is another Gemara. A Gemara in Masachat Makos. Oops, second. Let's see if I can get the logistics here. Um, tells us a little bit different story. Gemara and Afchav Beis very famous, uh, equally famous Gemara, provides an opposite perspective. Gemara tells us here that Amarava, Kama Tipshoi Shar Inshi, how foolish, how ludicrous is the behavior of other people. The Kaimi Mekama Sefer Torah, they stand in the presence of a Sefer Torah, below Kaimi Mekama Gavarabba. And yet, in the presence of a great man, meaning a Talmud Chacham, they do not stand. The Ilu B'Sefer Torah, K'siv Arboim, the Asar Abonon, Very interesting continuation. This Gemara in Makos is on the Mishnah and Avchav Beis which tells us, which discusses the problem, how many Malkios, how many lashes do you get when you chayv Malkus? If you read the Torah alone, the impression you get is that you get 40. However, we know that the halacha is you don't get 40, but you get 39. chaser achas, 39. And that's based on a drasha, the reading of the psukim, shalom kipshuto. So basically what Rabba said here was that the people who stand in the presence of the Sefer Torah, but don't stand in the presence of the Talmud Chacham, are foolish and inconsistent. After all, if they stand in the presence of the Sefer Torah, they should certainly stand in the presence of those who are able to interpret the Torah in a way which is innovative, in a way which is which reveals, which discovers its true meaning. And if you stand for Sefer Torah, then certainly you are going to stand in the presence of Tamina Chachamin. That's the Gemara. The Rosh in Atshuva, in Klal Yud Gimel, actually, quotes this Gemara in Makos, Lahalacha, in a very interesting context. The Rosh was asked, if you, have, if you collect money for a tzedakah, uh, for a shul, for a mikvah, for a niim, whatever it is, then it turns out that uh, the, the base medrash um, requires uh, the money even more urgently. Are you allowed to change the money, the tzedakah money in other words, from the shul, from the mikvah, from the aniim, are you allowed to divert that money to Talmud Torah? So the Rosh said, absolutely, you're allowed to do that. And he quotes this Gemara in Makos, and he says, after all, you see from the Gemara in Makos that Kedushas Talmud Torah is even of a higher level, is even of greater significance than a Chetzal Sefer Torah. What object do we have that is more Kadosh than a Sefer Torah? Nothing. Except a Talmud Chacham. So that the development of Talmud Chachamim and the study of Torah is a cause, according to the Rush, which is actually more compelling than even, um, than even a Sefer Torah itself. But the question is obvious. We have two Gemaras, and it appears to be a contradiction between the two Gemaras. The Ran in Masechet Kedushin and several Achronim raises question. From Kedushin it would appear that a Sefer Torah is on a higher level than a Talmud Chacham. From a Talmud Chacham we derive that you stand in the presence of a Sefer Torah, Talmud Chomer. And yet, from the Gemara in Makos, Kama Tipshoi Inshi, if we're speaking about how ludicrous and inconsistent people are, it's precisely because we're concluding in the opposite direction, that the status of a Talmud is greater than that of the Sefer Torah. How do we resolve these two issues? 
So the Ran in Kedushin has two answers, basically two answers that serve both uh, possible uh, solutions, one would think. One answer, he says, is actually the Gemara in Kedushin is the main source. Um, the fact is that a Sefer Torah is intrinsically of greater value than the Talmud Chacham who studies the Sefer Torah. After all, the Talmud Chacham becomes a Talmud Chacham only because he studies and internalizes um, the Torah itself. However, what the Gemara in Makos means is that, after all, the source of the Kalvachomer is a Talmud Chacham. If not for the Talmud Chacham, we would know that you stand in the presence of the Sefer Torah either. The Gemara didn't mean to say the Talmud Chacham is of greater stature, um, of greater Kedusha. The Gemara meant only that the source of standing happens to be rooted in the Halacha of Talmud Chacham. The second answer that he quotes in the name of the Balitosis goes in the other direction. Actually, Tamri Chachamim are even of greater stature than a Sefer Torah. He tries to explain, it's a little more difficult to explain what the Gemara had in mind in Masachet Kiddushim. I prefer the answer of some of the Achronim in this case, uh, Pnei Yoshua and some of the others in Ein Yaakov who note that it's possible that we're dealing with two different types of Tamiri Chachamim. The Gemara in Kedushin simply speaks generally about a Chacham. We stand for a Chacham, Kalvachom, or we stand in the presence of the Sefer Torah. Without the Sefer Torah, there wouldn't be a Chacham. We're um, moving towards um, Shavuos. The Gemara says in Psachim, that you know, the famous uh, Gemara, Gemara talks about how we spend the day of Shavuos. The Gemara says Shavuos is a day in which the, the personal, physical Simcha is very much accentuated, even more so than other Chagim. Like Purim, Shavuos may be a day of Kula. Lachem, not even Lachem and Lachem. After all, if not for the giving of the Torah, Kama Yosef Ika Bishuka, the Gemara explains. In other words, Tamir Chachamim gained their stature from the Torah. So when it comes to a regular Talmud Chacham, a Sefer Torah is of greater value, of greater significance than the Talmud Chacham. However, in the Gemara Makos, we're not dealing with a regular Talmud Chacham. The Gemara uses the expression Gavra Rabbah, a great man. Moreover, the Gemara's example is a very telling one. The Gemara says, after all, after all, it took human beings, Talmud Chachamim, with their insight and their instinct and the depth of their learning to reinterpret the words of the Sefer Torah. If not for the Tamir Chachamim, we would have read the Sefer Torah as demanding 40 makos. And it's incorrect. The Tamir Chachamim are the ones who accurately discovered that although it says 40, the meaning is 39. In other words, what the Gemara Makos is telling us is that there are two types of Tamir Chachamim. There are Tamir Chachamim who are of great stature, and their stature and their significance derives from the fact that they are genuine transmitters of the Mesorah. Faithful, accurate in every way. Rigorous, it takes tens of years, decades of study and intelligence and Mesiris Nefesh and Yerat Shamayim to be a faithful and accurate transmitter of Torah Shabbat and of Torah Shabbat it's not a small matter at all and one should stand in the presence of such Tamir Chachamim moreover Abaya disparaged the view that when two Tamir Chachamim are discussing a sugya they don't have to stand up in the presence of another Tamir Chacham it's not true on the contrary the Tamir Chacham deserves that respect 
However, if we're speaking about someone who is a faithful, accurate transmitter, interpreter of halacha, of Torah, he still doesn't have the stature of the Sefer Torah itself. However, the Gemara in Masachet Makos is speaking about a Gavaraba. One of the Chachmei Masora who not only transmits faithfully and rigorously and analytically, but someone who actually has the capacity to innovate, to contribute, to add to the corpus of Torah. Somebody who literally cannot be replaced because he is not simply a proficient technician of Torah, a superb halachic interpreter, but one whose insight is ingrained in his personality. He, his personality and his learning have all merged into one. And therefore, he becomes part of the Torah itself. Rav Soloveitchik, Zechotzadik Levracha, used to explain the comment of the Rambam in Uchaz Shuva. The Rambam speaks about who is a heretic, who is an Abikaris. One of the things that he mentions is those who deny Torah and those who are makhish magideha, those who deny um, or don't give proper reverence to the transmitters uh, of Torah, magideha. And in the recently published Igros Agrid, um, he has several interesting pieces that expand on this idea, where he explains that there are different types of Mesoros. And there's a Mesora of Talmud Chacham and Chachmeha Mesora that is distinct from the content and the substance of the Torah that is studied. And that's what the Rambam refers to when he talks about denying Magideha, Makhish Magideha, not properly respecting the role that individuals play after they have paid their dues and integrated themselves fully into the system, those who are able to contribute to Torah, to interpret and add and enhance the Messorah, those are people who become not only a chain in the link of the Messorah, but they become part of the Messorah itself. Not just a method of transmission, but of content. And to deny the role of such individuals is itself tantamount to denying Torah itself. Because Torah was intended, was designed to unfold with the human input of those who are the Chachmei HaMesorah. Basically then, the study of Torah represents two elements or two stages. Based upon knowledge and analysis, which we'll uh, discuss in just a moment, but occasionally, those rare Chachmei HaMesora, which hopefully we are Zohar to have in our midst, Bechol Dor Vadar, in every generation, beyond their knowledge, beyond their analytical skills, they develop a certain insight, a certain instinct, a certain attunement to the totality of the system, so that they're able to understand, or at least argue and project, what Torah means beyond what we already know. They're able to project based on what we have, things that we have not yet experienced. They're able to provide insight and wisdom into the larger and broader issues of the day, very much in the same way that Rabbi Teitelbaum was referring to um, in his Akdama. Their contributions become an addition to Torah itself. While there is extensive Avelus, for example, mourning and the loss of any Talmud Chacham, maybe even in the category of Kriya She'ela Misacha, you can't even patch up the tearing, the rending of the garment because it's an irrevocable um, loss. 
The fact is that a loss of a Talmud Chacham who is even of greater stature, not just a Talmud Chacham, an Abdezin, a Nasi, somebody who symbolically represents that enhancement of the Mesorah beyond simply the transmission of the Mesorah, often requires Bitol Beis to mark the passing of a Chachmeh Mesorah whose loss is irrevocable because his contribution is indelible and unique the process of Talmud Torah itself pauses, it's almost frozen, it's paralyzed for at least a moment so we can reflect on the fact that here was an individual whose contribution um, needs to be acknowledged as a personal contribution as one of those rare instances where the personality formed by Torah integrates and contributes back to the corpus of Torah itself. You need that moment of pausing so that then afterwards you can attempt to retrieve what was lost, to recover, to consolidate, and only then, having acknowledged it, to move forward. Gemara tells us in Masechet Tmura, Dav Tezayin Omenalef, that Bimei Evlo Shal Moshe Rabbeinu, when Moshe Rabbeinu died, 3,000 halachos were lost with him. It's a very puzzling and a very fascinating Gemara, almost an astonishing Gemara. Moshe Rabbeinu died and all of a sudden everybody had a memory lapse of 3,000 halachos. The Gemara goes on to tell a fascinating story about Yahushua and his having squandered according to one gear, of the Gemara, his last opportunity to speak to Moshe Rabbeinu before he died. After all, he said, you know, I've been, uh, you know, with Moshe Rabbeinu many a year and I've spent a lot of time with him. By now, I know his Torahs pretty well, according to one understanding of the Shakavatari of the Gemara. The Gemara says that Yahushua had a Chalisha Sadas, this insensitive posture of Yahushua not being aware of the potential to extract still more, even from a dying, even from an ill Moshe Rabbeinu, even just from being in his presence, was tantamount to not fully appreciating this element, this dimension, which is intangible, but no less significant for being intangible. And of course the irony is that, of all people, Yahushua should have understood it and known it, because Yahushua's stature itself represented the concept of Shimusho um, Godol Milimudo, this was Yoshua's claim to fame, that he understood that serving Moshe Rabbeinu, studying the personality who integrated into Torah itself, was the ticket for true growth um, in Torah. Therefore, the whole Shaka Vitaria, including the Gemara's conclusion that in the end, Asniel ben Knaz was able to recover the lost halachas of Moshe Rabbeinu through Pilpul Shal Torah, but by using the methodology of Moshe Rabbeinu, not by forgetting about Moshe Rabbeinu and moving on without him, but trying to retrieve and recover what he bequeathed to Klal Yisrael, all of this points in a certain direction. This special transcendent quality, halachic insight, an instinct that transcends knowledge and that transcends even analytical skills, is sometimes referred to as Das Torah. And what I'd like to do, the time that I have, is to analyze um, some dimensions of this concept, but by no means um, will I be able to exhaust it in the time that I have. Jewish and halachic life has been, and hopefully will continue to be, immeasurably enhanced by the quality of its special spiritual leadership. While every generation tends to look back nostalgically, and ours certainly does, whether it's only nostalgic or in our cases also accurate, we all look back to different generations and uh, lament the loss 
of that great stature. The Ramban in his parish on Shemashir Ashirim has a whole lengthy akdama, lengthy introduction in which he discusses the woeful state, according to him, of the Parshanut in his time, especially as compared to what it was in previous generations. Um, it could have been written, you know, today, um, except that today maybe it would be true, and at the time of the Ramban we tend to think that it was an exaggeration. But in any case, with all our uh, lament, we have been Zoha, we have merited the leadership of great men. Men of Mesirus Nefesh, of Yeras Shamayim, of scholarship in Talmud Torah, and beyond that scholarship, of wisdom, who've had the ability to guide us through turbulent times, the vicissitudes of the modern era in particular, which have posed many um, difficult challenges. Uh, we've lived through monumental shifts and challenges in particular in the last two generations. In our own generation, the previous generation, we were fortunate to benefit from the halachic leadership of such great Chachmei HaMesora as Rav Soloveitchik, Zechat Tzadik Levracha, and Rav Moshe Feinstein, Zechat Tzadik Levracha, and Rav Aaron Cutler, and Rav Shlomo Zalman Orbach, and many others. The list is not uh, meant to be exhaustive, but just representative. And hopefully today as well, we're able to look with inspiration to the leadership and halachic uh, leadership and insight of great men. What are the ingredients that go into establishing this kind of transcendent halachic authority? A person whose insight and direction goes beyond the sources that he can point to. He might be inspired by the sources in some cases, but maybe no clear deductive or compellingly logical argument can always be constructed. And yet his insight has been culled from the world of Torah. His wider view of what that world tells us. I'd like to do is just focus on some aspects of this, and especially on the purely rational basis for such authority. What I mean by the purely rational basis is as follows. I'd like to avoid discussion this evening, because of lack of time, of the more mystical uh, basis, I think more speculative basis, of the concept of Das Torah, uh, both of its basis and its scope, issues that often distinguish the Hasidic world from the Misnagdic world. The claims of a Hasidic Rebbe uh, and that of a Rosh Shiva or a Posek um, in our world are generally quite different. I should add that in today's world there has been a significant blurring uh, of the lines. Um, there are reasons for that undoubtedly, but that's not our topic this evening. But traditionally at least, the Lithuanian Misnagdic world viewed Das Torah, I think, in one way. Uh, the Hasidic world took it a step further. And I don't mean to judge one way or another, but I think that that is a fair assessment, a fair statement. When it comes to issues of personal illness or some public policy issues of well, as well, where assessments and expertise uh, play a significant role, the, let's call it, more misnagdic approach or yeshiva approach, a more traditional halachic approach, has been um, to rely upon others' expertise and assessment in the practical realia areas, even as the halachic values um, and judgment and the projection of what it is that halacha has to say, either as a sifkatan in the Shulchan Aruch, or in most cases more likely, um, based on the values of the sifkatan in the Shulchan Aruch, but rather in this case as an extended hashkafa, 
These are often rooted in and based on the consultation um, with others who are of great uh, expertise on the practical side. When it comes to determining whether or not someone can eat uh, on Yom Kippur, the Gemara Yuma tells us that it's a concerted effort between the rabbi and the doctor. The, the rabbi dictates and determines the halachic parameters how much of a chola you need to be, and what about a safek chola, and the rabbi also determines how to break a deadlock between the, between the doctors. If uh, one doctor says uh, one thing, and 20 say another, if it's two against 20, um, how do we um, assess the realia, the reality evidence in that circumstance? But all things being equal, the Tamakacham is not the one alone who determines whether or not someone eats on Yom Kippur. He's not going to to make the medical assessment. For that, he acts. He asks the expert. Once the expert is weighed in, or if there's a disagreement among experts, then there are halachic principles that break that deadlock, or that determine what level of chashash or safek uh, sakana will be the basis for um, for eating. Rav Salavechik. Uh, is, is often quoted in this context as well um, with regard to the question of uh, territory in Eretz Yisrael um, and I think that the quote is basically accurate but I think that the um, assessment of the statement has often been taken out of context and misunderstood um, he's said to have said that uh, when asked about the um, you know, what is possible and what is not that one should ask the generals uh, out of context this is sometimes taken to mean that uh, there is no concept of Das Torah um, issues that have to do with, with uh, public policy and the security of the state of Israel or the destiny of the Jewish people that you can't find uh, in either Chosha Mishpat or Yoradea or Evan Ho'ezer or Chaim uh, are matters for, for experts to decide um, and clearly that's not what he meant I think at all uh, the issue of giving back territory in Eretz Israel is a topic in its own right and I'm not interested in um, becoming entangled in it this evening but just for one minute just to explain what I mean the the marshal of Yom Kippur Um, on one level the question is whether or not the mitzvah of Yishuv, Eretz Yisrael, uh, gives way in a context of pikuach nefesh or suffix pikuach nefesh. And another part of the question is whether pikuach nefesh or suffix pikuach nefesh has any role to play in the context of milchama. These are halachic issues which Bale Halacha discussed at length, say Brachinoch and Minchaskinoch, uh, famous among them. And there are different views on that issue um, among the various halachic authorities. Rabbi view apparently was that the factor of pikuach nefesh can be a factor when it comes to matters of giving up territory, yeshivarets, and so on. The first step of his analysis, apparently, was the halachic one. What are the issues and what are the parameters? Um, what is the relationship between various halachic factors? How do you sort them out? What about the hashkafic considerations? And so on and so forth. After he determined that pikuach nefesh, or suffix pikuach nefesh, was an overriding consideration, he then made the comment, as far as that is concerned, that is not my area of expertise. I do not lay claim to any greater insight than any other citizen as to whether return of territories is going to increase or decrease the likelihood of pikuach nefesh. For that, one needs to ask the generals. In other words, just like the rabbi turns to the doctor on Yom Kippur and says, well, what is, um, what are the prospects of this individual 
in terms of his continuing to fast and then and only then determines what threshold um, satisfies the requirements of either eating or fasting continuing to fast on Yom Kippur so too the Talmud Chacham always has to determine first the hardcore halachic issues included in that is the hashkafic implication of those issues being roas anolat understanding what is a slippery slope what is going to affect the people spiritually religiously um, and so on and uh, part of that is to understand one's limits and to know when to ask when to ask for expertise the misnagdic tradition or the tradition uh, of the yeshiva world of the Torah world of the halachic world as opposed to the Hasidic world is by and large that when it comes there are areas of expertise which one needs to consult and uh, there are halachic areas and hashkafic areas which are the special um, provenance of the, the special area and domain of, of the Talmud Chacham and both of those things um, have to be integrated if a person is ill and he generally comes to a rabbi or to a um, you know, posek or to a Rosh Hashiva um, and asks whether he should have an operation generally he'll be told you know, first and foremost what is the diagnosis uh, what is the prognosis you know, uh, make sure that you have a good doctor then if there are halachic issues and obviously the halachic um, uh, authority um, comes into play. So what I'd like to focus on this evening is not the more mystical or more um, um, call it the more mystical approach to Das Torah, which I don't denigrate in any way. Um, what I call the Hasidic tradition is a is a tradition which has um, very strong roots, and uh, I wouldn't presume to question it. But that's not our topic uh, this evening. It's not the way that I conduct myself. I can only um, speak uh, from my own perspective. But what I do want to analyze very briefly is this idea of halachic intuition, instinct, this flash of insight, which is able to go beyond source material and textual um, evidence, um, where does that come from? The truth is that the models are already found in Tanakh. With regard to B'Tzalel, who actually was not involved uh, directly, as far as we know, in Piske Halacha, but in the building of the Mishkan, Torah tells us that the qualifications of B'Tzalel to build the Mishkan, surprisingly enough, this is Periklam and Aleph in Shemos, um, Pasuk Beis, by Dabra Shema Moshe Leymar, Re'ek Karasi B'Shem B'Tzalel, Ben Uri Ben Chur L'Matei Yehuda, Ba'amalei Oso Ruach Elohim, Bechachma U'Betuna U'Bedas U'Bechol Malacha. The Mepharshim I'll note, this is very strange. After all, don't you really need just a proficient or even a master builder, an architect? Why do you need someone who is filled with Ruach Elohim, Chachma, Tuna, and Das? Most people building a house or enhancing their house are not going to go to the Talmud Chacham next door. Um, they're going to go to the, to the master architect. But of course, this was no mere house. This was Beis Hashem. It was the Mokom which would house the Shechina. And even though it was going to be built physically, obviously the spiritual element um, was going to be crucial. And therefore it was necessary that B'Tzalel have these qualities of Chachma, Tvuna, and Das. These qualities are spoken of a lot in Tanakh, particularly in Mishle. And of course, they also represent the ultimate aspiration of leadership for Kal Yisrael in the form of Melech HaMashiach. 
famous Psukim in Yeshaya which describe the qualities of Melech HaMashiach Yeshaya Perek Yud Aleph we're told in language that is very strikingly similar to the language that I just read and so on. Again, the qualities of the Melech HaMashiach are the qualities of Chachma, Bina, and Das. In both cases, in the case of Betzalel and the Melech HaMashiach, the word Ruach, spirit, is very prominent, as it is when Yahushua uh, receives leadership from Moshe Rabbeinu. Indeed, when the Shivim Zkenim received leadership from Moshe Rabbeinu. V'yatzalti min ruach asher alecha. The idea of somehow the spirit... Rosh Rabbeinu is not just giving over knowledge, nor is he just giving over a license to practice authority, nor is he just giving over a methodology. He's giving something of his self, something indescribable, something that is uh, subtle and transcendent of his own spirit, of his ruach. All the Mepharshim explain here in Yeshaya that this refers to the fact that there is something instinctive and intuitive about the Melech HaMashiach's leadership that goes beyond what he can learn in any yeshiva, um, even in the best of yeshivas, uh, one might say. What are these qualities? The first one and the foundation for everything is Chachma. Chachma refers to knowledge, um, information. But when we talk about Torah as Chachma, we're not talking about any simple branch of knowledge, but one which is vast, wide-ranging, and yet, challengingly enough, interconnected. Because when something is vast, it's difficult to master. And when it's wide-ranging, then the implication is that there are different branches, each of which demands a slightly different approach. And indeed, that is so. In a dome, the world, one would think of Choshen Mishpat, of civil Jewish law, Bein Adam Lechavero, with its reliance upon Umdenos, Right? trying to estimate and understand human nature and human psychology and how people relate to one another and the goal of creating harmonious um, kind of society and so on. To the world of Taharos and Zraim and Kachim, an inner logic, a pure kind of Avodah Hashem. The world of Arachayim is still quite different from both the world of Kachim and Taharos and the world of Kachim Mishpat. Each branch represents different, different um, accents, different themes, different motifs. We're told Torah Megillah Megillah Nidna. Torah was given in different, in different units, and in many cases we speak about Shisha Sidre Mishta and Arba Chelke Ashochan Arach, and some of the rules themselves differ from one area of halacha, from one discipline, from one miktsoa of halacha to another, reflecting the need for a certain integrity. Each characteristic has to be focused on in its own right. And yet, at the same time, Torah, the Chachma part of Torah, demands of us an integrated and an interconnected approach despite and because of the wide range. 
Torah Megillah Megillah, but also Torah Chasuma Nitna. Torah is given as one unit, and it stands as one unit. In Shoftim we read that any difficulty that arises in Torah, there's a single address for any of these areas of halacha as diverse as they are all of them are brought to the Chachmeha Mesorah who sit in the Lishchas Hagazis who comprise and constitute the Bezen Hagadol the Aser Sadibros according to some Rishonim Sadjigon one day in the Ramban basically incorporates Kala it's almost like a remez What's the point of the Asar Sadibros containing Kala if in fact you need to extract the Remez anyway? It's not as if knowing the Asar Sadibros gives you knowledge of Kala But conceptually, it's a very powerful message that is being conveyed. And that is, Kala despite its diversity, is basically one unit interconnected. Um, the themes, the motifs, the values all need to be understood as one if a proper perspective towards life and leadership is going to emerge. So on the one hand, we demand the mastery of the total corpus. The shinantam vanacha, Torah should be in your mouth, should be you know, jumping off your, your lips, if somebody asks you something, you shouldn't hesitate. You should be able to be, resp- able to be responding immediately. That's the degree to which you've integrated all the different components of Torah. Even as we also counsel Tamir Chachamim, who are involved in Piskei Halacha, Hevu Mesunim Bedin. Be very cautious and deliberate. Make sure that you're not projecting from one area to another. And so on. Both of these are true. In real smicha, which has the designation Elohim, which of course is not coincidental, but the same word used to describe the Rabbonu Shalom, Elohim, the fact is that there can be specialization. The Gemara in Masechet Sanhedrin tells us that some people, some Tamil were given the right to practice Halacha Yore Yore in the area of Yoredea, Isabahater, and others Yadin Yadin in the area of Choshemishpat, and still others Yatir Bechor Yatir in the area of a specialized area of Bechor. However, the Rambam in a very controversial passage in Paragdalit, Hilchah Sanhedrin, tells us that you cannot receive even a specialized license to practice Jewish law in real smicha, talking about the smicha of then, to be one of the Chachmeh Mesorah, unless you achieve mastery in all of halacha. Unless you are Roy Lahoros Bechala Torakula, if you don't know Yatir Bechor Yatir, you also can't get a specialized degree, even if your psak is going to be limited only to Yadin Yadin, to Jewish civil law. There is a sense of the interconnectedness of Kala Torakula, of the values, of the creation of a personality of Torah that equally is fashioned by all the different components. In other words, Torah projects a broader rather than a narrower view of itself. The Kiddush of the Rambam is based on Yerushalmi and Chagiga, 
but it's one which definitely um, underscores the linkage and the wide challenge that Chachma alone presents even if there were not the other two components of Bina and Das the second component is Bina the Rishonim understand this to mean the Mepharshim Mevin Davar Mitov Davar but that too is not such a simple matter in its simplest form it means analytical skills and the ability not only to memorize and to absorb but to apply that's what it means minimally but in fact anybody who is familiar with the challenges of Piske Halacha will understand that we're not talking just about analysis to apply but application is often a form of expansion because often we encounter in Torah's Chaim in real life Halacha circumstances that never existed before and that challenge us to review the principles underlying the facts that we know (coughs) to refine them still further so we can apply them and expand them appropriately so we require not only analysis and the ability to apply and to understand the principles but a certain measure of discernment to discover principles and that requires not only hard work and many years of diligence and not only a methodology from a Rebbe it also requires the beginnings of the kind of instinct and insight that we'll analyze more fully as Das in just a moment. Sometimes it requires a logical leap. From Eliezer, the Tana is said to have said that He never said anything that he didn't get from his Rabbein. And Gemara quotes Rabbi Yochan and others who made similar such statements. All the Akronim pounce on it. Say, after all, we not only know that he was Mechadesh and said things that he didn't hear from his Rabbeim, he said some things that contradicted the words of his Rabbeim. But the Mepharshim explain almost pechad, almost unanimously, that the idea of Rabbi Yezer is not that spent every waking moment with his Rabbeim and that on every topic he knew what they said but that he imbibed their methodology and their approach to Talmud Torah and Talacha to such an extent that he was confident that whatever he would say really had its roots and sources in that authority and in that methodology and even under certain conditions when it ends up disagreeing with the Rebbe um, that can actually take place as we'll soon discuss whether it's technical or technological advances, electricity and medical advancements, uh, cloning medical ethical issues or pure ethical and moral questions that are new to our generation this idea of being maven davar mitov davar, of knowing how to apply that which we receive and having a proper methodology and approach and an instinct as when one is overstepping that approach has never been more crucial the need for competent post necessitates balancing two opposing um, concerns but two unequal concerns as well on the one hand critical need and the minimal need for competence and at the same time encouraging those who are competent not to shy away from but to shoulder that responsibility the Rambam codifies it even more sharply in Hukas HaMatorah Perakei Halacha Dalid quotes two psukim in Nishlei two parts of the Pasuk Ki Rabim Chalalim Hipila is the source for Talmud Shlohigiyah Lahara Umore Talmud who doesn't have the foundation 
either in Chachma or in Bina, at least he doesn't have both, to be rendering Piskei Halacha, and yet who does? He's a Shota, he's a Rasha, he's a Gasruach, that's only for starters in the Rambam. Of course, the second category is the opposite. One who has the capacity to be Mora Halacha, but whose modesty, whose fear of involvement, whose desire to remain closeted, I guess, in the ivory tower, prevents him from getting involved. Viatsumim kal harugeha. He too is criticized, but not as a shota, not as a gasruach, not as a rasha, but as someone who is monea, Torah, the nosein mechsholim lifnei ivrim. And then, of course, there's the third category. Those who are poskim, legitimate poskim, but who are in over their head in particular areas of psak which require one of the chachmei hamasora who has that broader perspective, that ability to call from the sources even beyond the chachma and the bina, the das, in other words, that will take him to that higher level to project policy um, in the global and important issues that confront us. Those are the shualim, ktanim, mechablim, kramim, tamidim, shalo, hirbu, Torah, kiroi, they didn't learn enough, but they're mizgadel, b'fnei aretz, the koksim, b'yoshvim, barosh. It's important in our communities that we understand all three categories, all three, all three issues. Let me turn to Das. The idea of Das, according to Rashi in Shemos, is akin to the concept of Ruach HaKodesh. Of course, it's hard to define and to describe what exactly Ruach HaKodesh is. And I won't try. The Malbim in Yeshaya and elsewhere suggests a more rational explanation of Das, and I'm not sure that that isn't also a form of Ruach HaKodesh. He says Das is the final result of Chachma and Bina. But it's a Yediyah Barura which comes about a certain sense of certainty or at least strong instinct, strong insight that comes about based on the knowledge and the honing of one's analytical and methodological skills and the keeping of the presence of one's Rebbeim in front of him that allows him to take that next step, that leap of not faith only, but logic and faith. It's a kind of atzilut, says the Malbim. It's semi-mystical, but more than that, it's rooted in logic and in training if a person has a certain capacity and a certain level of Yerushalayim. That's partly where the Ruach comes from. The role of Siyat Adishmaya in Psach is one which is evident, if again, difficult to define. The Ritziv in his Parish Allah Torah explains that smicha, classical rabbinic ordination, itself is rooted in um, formalizing this element of siyat Dishmaya. The Ramban in his Parish Allah Torah several times, particularly when he talks about the role of Dayan, a very famous one when the Ramban speaks about Kasha Zamam, Velo Kasha Asa, the Ramban says Dayanim are protected from certain kinds of mistakes because of the Siyat Dishmaya that they are recorded. The Gemara in Ksuvah Tafsam Muhammad Aleph says that a Talmud who is Mora Halacha Bifne Rabo is one who is likely to falter, not Mishum um, Afkirusa, not as a p- 
punishment for his presumptuousness, but because of the lack of siyata deshmaya that will be forthcoming. But I think that one could explain the Gemara again, not only in mystical terms, but in purely logical ones. Someone who does not have the humility to pray, pay proper respect and reverence to his Rebbe is one who can never integrate fully into the corpus of Halacha, not in the level of Chachma, certainly not Bina, and Kavachomer ben Benoshel Kavachomer. He cannot integrate fully to the point of achieving Das, and certainly not the ubiquitous Ruach of Betzalel, of the Melech HaMashiach, of Yehoshua, of what it is that this Canaan received, Vyatzaltam and Aruach, from Moshe Rabbeinu. At minimum, the concept of Das is the idea of instinct and insight, attunement to the nuances of the system, being so much at home and one with that system that one can detect what is and what is not compatible, what is consistent with the Hashkafa and in some cases with the Halakha. But it's much more than that. The status of a great medical diagnostician or a, med- uh, a, ph- a physicist whose leaps of logic and instinct, whose flash of insight are rooted in his life's dedication to his work. He becomes his work. They described uh, the Einstein anniversary this year, how it is that Einstein came up with his uh, theory of relativity and the interplay between pure logic and analysis on the one hand and flash of insight, that ability to cross the Rubicon from pure logic into instinct and intuition on the other. The fact is that it's not always demonstrable, but mostly it is reliable. Lahavdil, it is much more so the case in the context of Torah. The Rav's description of the Isha Halacha as somebody who surrenders completely to the system and then becomes internally part of that system. Somebody who creates and enhances, like I spoke of before, not only the Chachmeh HaMetzorah who transmits, but the Chachmeh HaMetzorah who is part of the system and who enhances, who refines and transforms. All of this is based on the idea that exposure to Torah, and especially one who surrenders to Torah, is one who is capable of being refined and whose character is capable of being transformed by it to the extent that his values become one with Torah itself. That is the idea of the Isha Halacha. Undoubtedly, that's the idea in Abos of Batel Ritzoncha Lirtsono, of a person who literally um, gets lost uh, and finds himself anew, discovers himself within the Rabbonu Sholem system of Halacha. The Kesher between Akash Baruch Hu and man, philosophically difficult to begin with, is described by the Rambam in Mordevuchim as the Achtus Hamaskil Vahamuskal, the integration of the object and subject of cognition. This is what takes place in the context of true Talmud Torah, when a person loses himself, surrenders to the halachic system, he becomes at one with HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will to the extent that that is humanly possible. And therefore, according to the Rambam, in order to paskin in Yoridea or Choshem Mishpat alone, one needs to have been transformed by the experience of Kol Kula. You have to be Roy L'Chol Kula in order to render the best Piske Halacha in any particular area of Halacha. The Ramban Torah constantly emphasizes how it was at Moshe Rabbeinu or the Avos or in some cases simple members of Klal Yisrael were able to make certain leaps 
of understanding and insight, whether it be the Safchad or of Moshe Rabbeinu's decisions with regard to the Miraglim or Pesach Sheni, as a leitmotif in the Parish al Torah, the Ramban, the Ramban says he, he just knew. Based on his connection with the world of Torah, with the world of Halacha, there is a certain undefined, uh, maybe undemonstrated, but powerful instinct. When the Rambam acknowledges in his Yara Chazaka yearly that he doesn't have a source for certain of his halachos, and even more so when he doesn't even bother to say yearly, but we understand that he is reconstructed based on his own conviction of the total sugya and the total system of halacha, that is a powerful statement, not only of Chachma and Bina, but of Das as well. Let it be clear, Das is not infallible. This question of infallibility has often been a straw man in the argument against what I call rational Das Torah, which is what I'm trying to project this evening. Das Torah is the foundation for powerful convictions, but nothing is infallible. The Gemara tells us, except the Rabbana Shalom, of course, the Gemara tells us in Brachos of a debate between B'Tzalel and Moshe Rabbeinu, which is particularly significant since Vamali also Ruach Chachma Bina Vedas refers to B'Tzalel. Moshe Rabbeinu thought that the Aron should be built before the, the housing of the Mishkan. B'Tzalel disagreed and he said, Kach Noeg Minag Olam is this way. And Moshe Rabbeinu, when he heard his argument, said, B'Tzal Kel Hayisa, and he agreed with the Psak of B'Tzalel. Even someone as attuned as Moshe Rabbeinu could be overridden by B'Tzalel. But Moshe Paskin in the end that B'Tzalel was right. B'Tzalel's Das Torah, in this case, rang true in the ears of Moshe Rabbeinu once he heard it. Not infallibility, but a powerful tool. Let me just conclude by making a few haros, just comments, about the implications for Psak uh, in our day. Firstly, the range of issues. New territory in Halakha with little sources or with little compelling sources which demand a greater reliance upon instinct and this flash of insight of singular Chachmei HaMesorah has to be the special domain of those few Chachmei HaMesorah who we can identify. Moreover, guidance in the area of Hashkafa beyond the reality, the Ask the General's part, but the projection of where Klal Yisrael should be going, what impact spiritually things are likely or policies are likely to have. These are areas in which the consultation of Das Torah, Chachmei HaMesorah becomes critical. I think that Hashkafa issues constitute a different but not a lesser challenge than difficult halakhic issues. I don't have time to develop that at the moment. But we need to reject two extremes. Number one, that every issue is an issue of hardcore halakha with a sifkat in the Shulchan Aruch, if only we could find it. That's not always true. But even more so, we need to reject another argument, and that is that anything that is not in the Shulchan Aruch is just a matter of politics or public policy and is neutral in the area of halacha and its values. Nothing could be further from the truth. The fact is that matters of hashkafa and values are every bit as important, and guidance in those areas is every bit as crucial, and the role of Chachmei Amesora is maybe even more crucial in those areas. Both of these are unacceptable, the second far more unacceptable than the first. Being Roas Hanolad and understanding the parameters of a Siag has always been a predominant element in Piskei Halacha. Obviously, the public policy aspects 
are nothing more than halachic policy aspects. The difficult choices that are sometimes necessary to make have to be the special domain of Chachmi HaMesorah. The Rambam compares it to amputation. One would not undergo an amputation unless he consulted only the greatest of experts. It becomes obvious then that not all smuchim, not all rabbanim are equal, even though there is an important role for every rav to play. It's obvious that being machria in certain issues, global issues, extremely difficult issues, polyestral issues, requires more than skill and proficiency. It requires that extra flash of insight. And in not all positions, uh, not all individuals are competent in that regard. There is, of course, a critical role for Mardasras and their community, whose local authority and foundation of the halachic world, constitutes the foundation of the halachic world, and whose intimate knowledge of their constituents and of local issues and circumstances is crucial and sometimes makes them the best individual to pass in certain shilas. Moreover, the Yisro model, which is a Moshe Rabbeinu standing at the apex of the system, but not handling every shaila, is one which remains a proper one, a prevailing one. There's plenty of rabbinic guidance needed and the role of any walking Sefer Torah, even the walking Sefer Torah of Masechet Kiddushin, is of monumental significance. But competence is crucial. We speak of Torah as a Keser Torah, which is Munach the Omeh Blakol, very democratic. Anybody, despite his background, can grab the Keser Shal Torah. But it doesn't mean that the Keser Shal Torah is the Keser. It's Man Malchi Rabbanon. It's something that needs to be earned, and it's something which has to be revered and respected. Halachic researchers will never take the place of serious Rabbanon, Man Malchi Rabbanon. And therefore, when it comes to global, complex issues, Kal Yisrael issues, it remains the prerogative of a Moshe Rabbeinu, of a Sanhedrin Agadol, of a Betzalel, of a Melech HaMashiach. Whether it's the issues of Aguna, New Shilas, Global Shilas, and so on. The truth is that we face many challenges and confront an environment which is fragmented in the Torah world, in which most of the Jewish world today, unfortunately, tragically, is secular, even intermarried. And in this context, we face new challenges of technology, new shilas, and new hashkafic challenges. At the same time, the opportunities are great as well. May we be zocha to the kind of leadership represented by these three midos, Chachma, Tuna, and Das, so that we may be able to develop further as a people in the spirit, not only of the walking Sefer Torah of Kedushin, but of the walking Sefer Torah of Masachet Makos as well. True Chachmei Thank you.